Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome in, everybody. This is Scout's Eye on football and um, the NFL Draft Edition. We are wrapping up our previews with the divisions with the um, uh, NFC West today. Uh, We're going to take a look at the Cardinals and the Rams and the Seahawks um, and the 49ers, which have been the line share the topic of what are they going to do at number three. So we're going to get into this. We've done this. If you've been with us and followed us, what we're doing, we're taking each um, each and every one of those um, teams and every one of those divisions within the teams and kind of breaking it down for you. So you want to make sure that uh, you check that out and, and um, if you haven't had a chance to do that. Also a reminder that you can check out um, the detailed – inside the film room analysis, draft analysis of each team up on LandryFootball.com. It'll recap what has happened in free agency. It will recap what has happened, um, you know, with the signings in the latest pre-draft depth charts, the team needs, uh, the free agents that were on the team, where they've ended up, um, who's been re-signed, who they've signed off other teams, then we'll kind of take a look at maybe certain potential targets for each picks, looking at each position. So we've got that detail for you. We've got these scouting reports with, you know, everything that you're going to want to know about all of these players, as uh, whether it's now and learning more about them, whether it's after they've drafted, been drafted. We've got that for you. Every player, you'll have that up there. Um, we've got the vertical board, the best overall players. We've got... Um, the position boards. Uh, so we've got a lot of things for you there at LandryFootball.com, so take advantage of the scouting season offer. Uh, we're going to take your questions. Hey, appreciate uh, Kev Villargo being with us, and cheers cheers on 200 bits. Um, Slot man, Woodshed King, good to have you back again, sir. Thank you for cheering us 200 bits. 
You guys are the man. If you want to do that, well, we really appreciate that. Just go and do what Woodchet King and Kev Belargo has done if you want to support what we're doing here. Uh, go to Twitch. Join us in the chat room. Communicate with us. Remember to hit the heart button at the top of the page. Follow us. Uh, very, very simple. Um, you know, uh, check it out. Follow us. Uh, cheer us on a few bits. Do it there in the chat room. Just go cheer 200. Um, that's absolutely uh, uh, much, much appreciated. A um, couple of things I want to get to. Mine, my head's spinning. It's uh, I'm running on fumes a little bit. But we, um, what was I going to mention there? Um, so we, we've got a lot to get to today. We're going to take your questions uh, tomorrow. Um, look, what's the plan here? I forgot today. I couldn't remember if it was Tuesday or Wednesday today. Um, so it is. It is Tuesday today. Um, a reminder after this show. So it's basically two hours of the knucklehead you're watching right now. Uh, I'll be joining Scott Seidenberg with the football film room. So join us on there. We'll be more draft talk. So what I'll do tomorrow morning, we'll probably hit, I think there'll be no issue, 9 a.m. Central. We'll do a Scout's Eye show. Um, and we'll talk uh, about a number of things. In fact, what I think we'll do tomorrow at 9 a.m., and at 4 p.m. Central, 9 a.m. Central, 4 p.m. Central. We'll get a double dose. We'll preview. Look, we can talk about any number of things uh, that you want to address. We'll make it a little bit more. Let me get to all of your questions, get to all of that. I may go into some scouting reports on some key players um, that are in the draft. If you want to know a little bit more player comps or whatever, we'll, we'll do some of that. May take you down, I don't know, if you want to, some stories in the draft room over the years. We've got some real interesting uh, draft room history stuff you can check out over at LandryFootball.com as well. So got a lot of stuff. We'll do that two, day, uh, two hits tomorrow. Thursday morning we'll have the Landry Football Podcast. Um, and it's kind of the, well, it's the last preview before the preview. Um Fantasy Football 101, John is. Thank you, bud. Hope you're well. Uh, we are going to um, Thursday, kind of, the, kind of the last preview, go through a few things. Not quite sure exactly, but it'll be draft-related on Thursday morning, 9 a.m. Central. And then, of course, you know by now. And if you don't know, um, spread it around, will you? We appreciate it. We'll have our live draft show half an hour before the first pick on Thursday, which, again, it is going to be 6.30 a.m. Central Time, 7.30 Eastern Time. Um, we'll hit the air on Thursday, half an hour before it. Um, maybe even a little bit before. If you sign up, you'll get notified when we're going on. Um, so, we'll, look, there may be some stuff going on. I might get there a little early, but, I, you know, I may – we're just going to play that by ear. But a half an hour before, we'll kind of get you ready. We'll get you warmed up. We'll get you ready for the first pick. And we'll kind of tell you where things are. And we'll kind of go through pick by pick and, you know, behind the scenes. I've said it before. What's the show going to be like? Hell, if I know, we're going to have a lot of fun and figure it out our, with uh, with each other. Um, you know, I'm going to I'm gonna do what I have to do with my work with teams, the um, – the text, the DMs, you know, all that kind of stuff. We'll do that. I don't, don't I don't know that I'll, I'm comfortable doing the, the phone call, but we'll, we'll see. I may have to keep that in my ear too a little bit. So we'll, 
we're going to kind of take you behind the scenes. It's going to be a lot of fun. So a lot of get, lot to get to, uh, at least on, uh, and and we'll see where you want to go with it. But uh, a couple of things, you know, that I will reiterate. Um, you know, I I can tell you that, um, San Francisco has their they they know who they're going to take. A lot of talk about what is. Um, you know, they're, they're, you know, that's the latest thing. I think some, you know, well, they're still deciding. They're not just still deciding. Kyle Shanahan is making the decision. Kyle Shanahan has the final decision. Um, even though he's not the GM, he hired the GM. He has the final say. Plus, he is the quarterback coach and the offense coordinator and the head coach. So, he's he's got that final say. So, and he's not going back and forth on what to do how to do it. Um, oh, my goodness. Is this correct? Spartan Barton, shout out to my son being born at 355 today. Congratulations, Spartan Barton. One of our own here in the chat room is a dad today Oh my, and, and is listening to this podcast. I don't know what to make of you now that you are listening to this show and you've just – 3.55, I'm guessing that, congratulations, at 3.55, I think that's Eastern time for you. So you're telling me <laughs> just a little over an hour ago, he got a son not more than an hour old and is thinking about the NFL draft. Now, somebody beat that in the chat room. Oh, my goodness. Congratulations to you. So I stopped me in my tracks. What was I talking about? Um, so, no, Kyle Shanahan has his – he knows what he's going to do. He's not going back and forth on it. They don't want to really get into saying it. They get frowned upon with the league. If they start, you know, now it'll be three picks that basically will be fait accompli, and then they're trying to, you know how this has become basically a show. Um, I, I, I think as there is, is a lot of trade discussions taking place behind the scenes. There's, I, I don't know how many are going to be consummated. Uh, we're going to get into more of that a little bit more as I know more, but I think that's kind of, kind of where we are. So, um, man, I am just uh, thrilled for Spartan Martin. Just, just uh, happy for you again. Uh, that is, that is awesome. Uh, it's, it's, it's what Jet King says, <laughs> I hope you're not in the delivery room or something with a mask on <laughs> watching this podcast with your little baby boy and wife saying, boy, and the bleep is gone on here. God love you, Spartan Martin. That is uh, that is great news. I am so, so happy for you. So let's do some NFL uh, NFC West talk. And it certainly will answer questions that you may have, your favorite team, what have you. Um but we're we're down to the last division, and and we we like to take it so we can go a little bit more detail. And these are the last four, and we'll start as we do in the um, alphabetical order. Um, and we'll go with the Cardinals, <laughs> Arizona Cardinals, of course, um, alphabetically. I um interesting signing of J.J. Watt. I think it's debatable how much he's going to give them this year. But he can be a good situation rusher. If he's healthy come playoff time, 
if he's healthy towards the stretch run in a close division race, he can be really uh, useful for him. Um, he's not going to be a, a big sack guy. He's not going to be a nine, I'm a big um, snap guy, and he's not going to be a huge sack guy, but he can help them. So I think that's interesting. Now, he and Chandler Jones may be getting up in age, but if they can stay healthy, if, and they need an infusion of youth here to rotate them, but those can be two really good players that can grade out well. Big if, though, if they can stay healthy. The interior needs some work. Zach Allen, Leaky Fotu, Jordan Phillips did not grade all that well. They've got to get better. Or they've got to get better players. Um, outside corners are priority. They lost Patrick Peterson, and he's seen his better years. Um, you know, who's there at 16? Corner certainly is a lot of possibility. Look, I, I tell you, the Cardinals in a division that was very good, and of course we know the Niners had the the injuries issues that kind of took themselves out of it, but you know the Rams ended up playing pretty well. Um, Seattle's good. Cardinals look at a stretch um, like they might have been the best team in that division for a stretch. Um, when they got into that Thursday night game against Seattle, uh, it just, uh, it just, it wasn't quite the same. Um, so they got some work to do. They ended up eight and eight. They've got 16, 49, 161, 245, and 249. They hold all of their picks in round one through seven next year. Really important to understand. So we're talking trade potential, uh, which you've got available to trade. You can check out the depth chart and kind of the grades there over at Landry Football. Center's a need there. Uh, they traded for Rodney Hudson, but a young guy there is needed. Got a couple of holes up front. I think upgrading the, the guard spot um, is important. Shine Brian Winters, need a younger guy there. Corner is really important. Malcolm Butler is another guy with some experience, but they've got to get younger there. Defensive tackle. Um, now, J.J. Watt will play multiple spots. There's no question about that. Arizona struggled against the run last year. Jeff Wilson Jr. trampled them in Week 16. Um, you know we'll 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 see what they can do there in, in what is not a deep defensive tackle draft. Um, Jordan Hicks' experiment did not play very well. Another linebacker needs to be paired with Isaiah Simmons, who I still think is going to be a player. Uh, they signed James Conner. Still think that's a position at some point needs upgrading. Um, signed A.J. Green. You can see this is kind of an older team, and you, you kind of wonder if they've got enough youth there. Um, tight end, offensive tackle depth, backup quarterback. Uh, they re-signed Kelvin Beecham in offensive tackle, and a guy that can play, but they need a younger guy there. Uh, they need to – you know, Colt McCoy is their backup quarterback, and I, I think that is serviceable now. And so let's kind of take a look at it. J.J. Watt, um, a reminder, Tain turns 32 in March. I um, mean, he's not, he's not getting 18, 20 sacks for you. Um, it, again, it's just a short-term signing. The issue is, is this team good enough to have a guy that maybe is a – J.J. Watt is a put-you-over-the-top type of defender if he's healthy and used correctly – are the Cardinals good enough to be in that position? Well, they think they are, and, and 
for all we know, we'll see what they can do, and maybe they will be. Talked about Malcolm Butler as a solid corner. Didn't didn't uh, was cut for really in a, for being ineffective. Five year deal there and didn't play all that well down the stretch. Um, Brian Winters, I think, can help him at guard. I thought Brian Winters played pretty well for Buffalo last year. Um, he was a he was a fill in a swing guard for them. I, listen, I got to say, I love James Conner. I, I think he's a great story. I think he's a really good player. He's a backup running back. He's a one-speed guy. He's not a difference maker. But you plug him in, he'll do everything very well. He's the consummate pro that you like on your team for a lot of reasons, but he's not a difference maker type guy. Hassan Reddick, um, never quite, you know, they figured out how to use him last year. He goes and signs with the Panthers. Um, I thought, you know, that he was – at 26, a valuable part of what they can do. And we kind of talked about what Hassan could potentially do for Carolina when we went uh, yesterday over the NFC South. Patrick Peterson signs with the Vikings. Look, he's slowed down. He's no longer the dominant corner anymore. I don't think that's as big of a loss, but got to replace talent with talent. Kelvin Beecham, I just mentioned, he stepped in um, for Marcus Gilbert last year, uh, and he had a solid year for him. But he's had extensive injury issue and he's a swing tackle that can start for you in a pinch, but you want better. Kenyon Drake, who I like, um, he was a, was a disappointment for him last year. He's off to the Raiders. Marcus Golden re-signed um, uh, with the Cardinals. They got him, if you remember, for the Giants uh, for a six-round pick. That's why they only have a six uh, in the middle of the 2020 season. He recorded four and a half sacks, some good pressures. Um, and, he, and he really actually played a little better that. They lost Dan Arnold to Carolina. Um, Chris Banjo re-signed. Now, that's, this guy is a core special teams teamer guy. I mean, he stepped up and played safety fairly well in a reserve role. He's 31, <coughs> not a huge factor long-term. Andy Lee was second in net, net punting last year. So let's take a look at this team and kind of where some of the options may be. If they're sitting there at 16, let's stick at potential targets. Uh, outside corner, they like to play a lot of cover one and blitz uh, at a very high rate. They're one of the top five blitz team um, in the league. they got to find up-end corners. Again, Patrick Peterson was not that. I mean, he has been, but he was not that last year. Signed with the Vikings. Um I think that's going to be a high priority. At 16, I think Sertan's going to be gone. Look out for somebody like J.C. Horn. That could be a really good fit for them. I don't know what their medical grade's going to be with Caleb Farley. Caleb Farley's going to be one of the real storylines of how he's going to, going to grade out medically with the back issues. Backs and necks scared the dickens out of me. When I, when I had... When we had a player that had like a, a, a two medical, you know, I, I could live with it. I'm fine. If, if two plus or three was a no-no. Three was a no-no and two plus was trending towards a no-no. If I had a guy with a two medical and it was a back or a neck, he automatically went into the two plus range. Uh, I just, you know, it just is, um, th- that's, that is, that's really tough, really tough to deal with. So I, 
I don't know what uh, Caleb Farley is to me, a top 15 pick in this draft, the medical determined where he will go. He's certainly someone, I think 16, value on the board and need might fit right there very nicely for them um, at corner. Guard, you know, we mentioned J.R. Sweezy, Justin Pugh. Um, look, I think they can go tackle. I think they can go guard. You know, Vera Tucker would would be a candidate there. Would Slater slip and they could slide him in there and play him at tackle? That's certainly um, something I think they would consider um, and, and I think would be really good value there. So you marry that up with um, – you know, I I think makes a whole lot of sense there, with the just as the corner. So I think they're in a really good spot, going to get a really good player. So look, if they don't go corner, or at first round, then you know, you're looking at Stokes and Campbell and Asante Samuel guys like that at 49 <clears throat> guard. You may look at Mayfield, Leatherwood, Wyatt Davis, guys we've talked about. You know, in the second round value there. Now, running back may not be high priority in terms of how high they want to take one, but I think there'll be some really good ones. Now, I like this scheme, but they don't have a really good between-the-tackles runner. They weren't real sold on Kenyon Drake. I think Chase Edmond is really good in the passing game, but he's not an every-down guy, and they've got limits there. Um, would they jump on a back at 16? Would they go and say, you know what, We I don't think they would like in their – their spread set, Najee Harris, but they might like Travis Etienne. They might like Javante Williams. Remind me tomorrow when I go over in both the shows, go over some of the evaluations that to, to hit on Javante Williams because the more and more I study him, I think I've got an interesting comp for him. And I do think, and, and I will share this with you, while I don't have him rated this way, there are about four teams that I do work for that I know has Javante Williams number one on their running back board. Um, I don't have to agree with it. it it's I, I look. I'm gonna tell you. I've got I've got a grade that is right there, very high with them. Um, you look at my draft board and you see where I have Javante Williams in that same grade category as Travis Etienne. So I don't think that's a stretch at all. Um, again, I've got them stacked. The opposite, but, hey, that's fine. Um, tied in at some point, um, Arnold, as I mentioned, is left for Carolina. Max William is uh, is replaceable, run-blocking option. You know, so maybe somebody like a Tommy Trimble or Pat Fryermuth, I don't know, at 49. They've got some need. This is a team that's pretty good. They're excited about their quarterback. They like that offense, but they've got to improve some things on the offensive line. They've got to improve some, improve some things in the secondary, no question about it. Uh, I think at some point they'll need to add a linebacker and at some point add a running back. Um, so we'll see. And they've got an interesting mix with some veterans that I think can help them. But the question is, are they good enough to where these veteran guys can put them over the top? It's going to be real interesting. Um, I can't, um, you know, uh, we'll get to Witchet King here. We'll, we'll get to that. I think he's got a Niners comment and question. We'll get to that when we get to uh, the other. Uh, we'll get to the Niners. The Rams are up next. Um, I thought the biggest problem in grading their defense last year was their play at off-ball linebacker. I thought it was a problem. 
Um, and it was, it was a bottom five grade across um, the season, and it really showed up. Um, you know, I think center's still a concern for me. They pulled um, an upset over Seattle in the opening round, but they, they never really – he never really matched up against the, the Packers. Um, you know their situation in acquiring Matthew Stafford. I'm excited for Matthew. I think Matthew's a talented guy. I think he's getting – I mean, he's not towards the end. The guy can still play. Um, but, I, you know, I do think that he's not been quite good enough. I was hoping that, that Detroit would take a step, and I thought he could really help that, but it never happened there. That's That's an organization that I – I wish the best for her. They haven't. Uh, you know, remind you, Cleveland, Detroit are the only two original-type teams, you know, that have never made the Super Bowl in the Super Bowl era. Everybody's made it. I mean, I know Houston hadn't made it. Jacksonville hadn't made it. You know, it's um, – <clears throat> but but uh, those, those two – those two uh, haven't, uh, haven't made it, and they've been around a long time. Um, the Rams have 57. Remember, they don't have a one. 57 and 89, 104, 142, 210, 254. This is another team that's pretty good. They were 10 and 6, so finished a little bit higher than the aforementioned Cardinals that we just spoke of. But still with some needs, still with some question marks that, um, that they're not by any means a finished product. Um, I thought Jared Goff limited them. That won't be the case with with Matthew Stafford. They can do more with Matthew Stafford. They can um, allow this offense to maybe take a next step. We'll see what they do there. Um, a lot of help's needed on defense, in my opinion. I think they need at least one, if not two linebackers. As I mentioned, it was a weak part of their defense. I, I don't like... Their edge rush, I re-signed Leonard Floyd. They're not good enough there. Um, so I've got real concerns there. Safety, John Johnson's one of the top safeties, um, but they still need a younger guy, I think, at some point. Um, slot corner, um, the center situation concerns me still. Brian Allen, I think, is a good player, and I'm curious to see um, Austin Blythe, who was very solid. I think Brian – uh, can help them, but an interior offensive lineman is something they may consider. Of their in the free agent market, <clears throat> they tendered Darius Williams, their RFA corner. Uh, I think he's played very well in the first three years. I thought he's taken a step up, he's proved in the game, um, and I think he's getting ready for a big contract with another good year. Leonard Floyd, we mentioned, re-signed four years, sixty-four million. He was, was kind of a bust or seen that way in Chicago. But they've got quite a bit out of him, ten and a half sacks and a lot of pressures. I thought he did a really good job for them. Um, uh, Troy Hill lost him, signed with the Browns. Austin Blythe signed with the Chiefs. We talked about him and moving on. But I think Brian Allen is really a good get for them. Lost Gerald Everett to the Seahawks who's, you know, obviously was one of the real targets that they work towards the middle of the field, highly athletic. Um, so let's take a look at <clears throat> where they are. Obviously, they don't have a one, 
So this is one of the downsides to their situation is how do they really help themselves at this point? At off-the-ball linebackers, I mentioned Kenny Young, Micah Kaiser, Troy Reader. Those guys are quality backups. They grade in the low-grade purple at best and mostly in the oranges. Um, they got to get better. They don't have starting quality there. At 57 is a Jamin Davis, a Nick Bolden, a Jabril Cox. Makes sense there. Good value. Good players that can step in and help. Uh, a little later, maybe Dylan Moses, third round. Uh, and they've got 88 and 103. Dylan Moses, Chad Surratt, the converted quarterback linebacker at North Carolina, Baron Browning, Monty Rice. Those are some of the options uh, in the second and third round. Center. Uh, I think they're a little bit thin in interior offensive linemen. Uh, Creed Humphrey, I think, will be gone. Landon Dickerson, if you don't have a medical grade that scares you off, is a consideration if they want to go in this direction there. I think that'll be value. I think um, I think it's fine for Quinn Miners there at 57. Trey Hill makes some sense at 88, as does Kendrick Green and Josh Myers, and Drake Jackson maybe in 103 and Michael Manet. Uh, as well. Offensive tackle. Look, I'm going to tell you, uh, Andrew Whitworth, him playing at 39 and playing as well as he is in the trenches, I mean, I, let's let's give that guy a standing ovation. I mean, I, I, I get it. Tom Brady's older, and I'm not taking anything away from him. Man, I, I'm not so sure that's more not more impressive to be 39 years old, and he's not just hanging on. Andrew Whitworth is really playing well, but you've got to really look at improving that um, that tackle that tackle position with youth and seeing if you can't find a young guy that can develop. I don't think Joe Nopum is the answer. Havenstein is is obviously a right tackle only guy, as is Bobby Evans. I think finding that type of guy um, makes some sense. I think Jackson, Carmen, and Leatherwood are more right tackle guys. Spencer Brown, Walker Little, um, Brady Christensen, Dan Moore. Those are, again, second, third-round options. Uh, we'll see what they do. Not having a high pick really hurts this team in terms of getting impact guys. Um, corner. Jalen Ramsey, Darius Williams are an elite starting duo, but Troy Hill's left for Cleveland we talked about. Uh, third corner, remember, Three corners, a slot corner is a starting position. You've got to have that. I do think that Ramsey's ability to play inside and outside, you got two players. So you can get the best outside guy or the best slot guy, and you can use Ramsey accordingly. So you get an outside guy that you like, Asante Samuel and Aaron Robinson and Melifanu or Elijah Molden or Paulson Adebo or Darius Williams. Those type of guys, uh, Benjamin St. Just on the fourth round, Cameron Bynum, DeMar Hamlin, those type of guys, you hit on one of those, play in a slot, keep Ramsey outside, get an outside guy, Ramsey and, and Nickel can go inside. So uh, I think those are positions but the, the, of need that maybe are some targets there. Again, <clears throat> not enough picks at this point. They've kind of mortgaged their future with some of the moves they've made. Um, in the draft the past couple of years. I want to get to San Francisco in a second. I think uh, Wichette King had a thought here 
For a team picking as high as number three, I can't remember a better immediate situation for a rookie quarterback than the Niners, regardless of the quarterback they pick up. It's a great point, Woodchet King, and I I would say that, um, not to be cute, but when people ask me what quarterback's going to have the most success particularly early, my answer is whoever San Francisco takes. They're in a better position. They've got the better team, relatively speaking. And you're right. Um, usually the teams that are picking in the top five um, – are teams that um, are not very good or don't have a uh, don't have a quarterback, in which case it's very difficult. And you go in and you've got to kind of put the team on your back. It's it's not a good situation. San Francisco not only being a good team, but what they want to do offensively. And again, I think there are a couple of ways that Kyle can run his offense. Um, I think I know what I feel he's most comfortable with he will teach it, I think, from a teaching standpoint, what they have, how they teach it, uh, how the offense is run, how they work the running game very well. All those things are very quarterback-friendly-esque. And I think they put a premium on decision-making and having right type of guys. So I, I think that's that's right on um, with what they're thinking. Their main goal um, – this offseason for the Niners, of course, they were 6-10. and 10. Um, When you look at their main focus this offseason was to keep Trent Williams. Um, he really graded out well. He's absolutely one of the very best. Um, they've got some issues in the secondary, although Jason Verrett's one of the better young corners in the league. Um, man, it was a tough year injury-wise. And a lot of people have injuries. It just really hit them hard. So they've got three. They've got 43. They've got 103, 118, 157, 173, 181, 195, 231. They all their picks in rounds two, four, five, and seven next year. They traded away their first, third, and six-round picks. So they don't have a one or a three next year. So it limits their ability. Now, I will say this. With all those picks this year, I could see them trying to maybe package some picks later, depending upon what their board says, maybe get themselves back a third-round pick next year. That might be something they'll look to do. But we'll see. It's, it's an idea and a thought that you have but you're not going to do that and leave a really good player that you like on the board. But if you're not overly excited about the player on the board coming in and helping you, that's something you might consider. And in this situation, they're not trying to add extra picks next year. They're trying to make up for picks um, that they lost. The quarterback situation's going to be addressed. I've mentioned it before. People have asked me about uh, – got asked – two, three times today on two different, two or three different shows around the country. What's the likelihood that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be on the roster Sunday? I don't know. I mean, I don't think Garoppolo is going to be on the team next year. I don't know that I can say Sunday. I mean, it could be. Could, but here's, here's the difficulty of it is there's a huge cap number. So what's the market going to be there for Garoppolo? I mean, you could sit there and look and say, well, here's the market. There's the market. 
This is what's going to be interesting, and this is something to follow for the teams that can't fix their quarterback situation through the draft but are still looking. Who would be interested? What would they be willing to give up? You're not getting a first for Garoppolo, certainly. What will you get? What it will cost? All of that is to be determined. How badly does somebody want somebody, or do they maybe less interested after the draft? You know, people have targeted or thrown out, well, he's going to go back to New England. New England wants him. I don't think that's going to happen, particularly with the price that he brings. I don't think that's happening in New England. A lot of people do and may be proven wrong on that. Um God, I hate to even bring it up, but can can you imagine Chicago, you know, not being able to fix their quarterback situation, desperate, you know, I just I can't see them going down that rabbit hole again, but would they go ahead after creating money to sign Dalton and he's not the answer and I'm not sure Garoppolo is. I, I just can't see that make uh I there's somebody though that is going to need a quarterback and what are they what are they going to be willing to move Garoppolo for? I don't know. It's it's factor in. You're you're talking about the quarterback, but you're not just trading him. You're trading the contract. So it's a big big factor. Corner is a big big issue and a big big problem. They re-signed Jason Verrett and Kawan Williams, but um, you know Sherman is you know not coming back. Uh, that's safe to say. Um, we mentioned tackle, and I think that's – McClinchy's really good, and I think they're fine there. Maybe, you know, and McKivitz I think can be a third tackle. Center, they signed Alex Mack, who I think still a pretty good player. Um, Weston Richburg is his backup. I'm not as comfortable with the guards. I don't think the guard play is as good. So having someone that can step in and, and a young guy at guard makes a whole lot of sense. Um, they did sign um, Jaquisti Tart, signed Tavon Wilson. Um, <clears throat> so, I mean, and I think running back at some point, the right type of guy would make some sense for him. They signed Nate Gary from the linebacker from Philadelphia. Uh, he didn't play very well last year, but he had that Achilles injury, and I think he's got better football in him. Kyle Juszczyk signed very underrated and elite fullback. I think the most complete all-around fullback in the game, he's just 30, and um, I mean, excuse me, he is 30, and that's kind of old for fullbacks. That's maybe the running backs are the shortest shelf life, but fullbacks are the shortest of the running backs. They are, they, they're hammerheads that just have a hard time um, maintaining. That was an important resigning, as was Trent Williams. Again, what was um the priority uh age beginning to be an issue the right young guy i could see um you know um corner we just talked about it um i think Kwan williams can be very effective in the slot form with the red on the outside i still think they need an, another outside guy jeff wilson the running back was terrific down the stretch for him um i you know but he's really effective in what they do as a backup role we mentioned Jason Barrett re-signed. Uh, was excellent last year. Uh, really good. Now, I realize that the the results last year were different, but in terms of signing, re-signing key guys, 
outside of Tampa, nobody signed key free agents more that were more impactful in terms of how they graded out last year, the importance of their team than San Francisco and next to Tampa. Um, really good. Now they, they didn't win enough games, but this is, this is a strong candidate for a rebound team, depending on what they do at quarterback. Um, Jaquisti Tart is a well-rounded safety, just played seven games. Health is going to be the key there. So let's kind of take a look at it. You know, the quarterback situation, we know that's at three. We know that's where they're going. But where else could they be going? Let's start talking about 43. Um, Let's look at guards. Let's look at some linebackers. Let's look at some corners that might be available. Guards, uh, I think the interior offensive line play is average at best. Um, I think that, um, you know, School and Brunskill and McKivitz are adequate. Boy, at 43, Leatherwood, Davis, Mayfield would be really good value there at 43. Trey Smith, Aaron Banks, Deontay Brown would be really good value at 102 in the third. How about linebacker? Um, Fred Warner is is one of the best linebackers that uh, in the league. I don't know if people recognize him as that. He truly is that. Uh, the rest of the linebacker and core is not very good. Um, you know, I know they like Zayvon Collins, as do I. They're not getting him at 43. He's long gone. I don't think Jamin Davis is there at 40, but he could be. I think Nick Bolton definitely will be there at 44. I mean, at uh, 43. Chad Surratt, Baron Browning, Monty Rice are all candidates there. Corners at 43. Stokes, Campbell, Asante Samuel. Um, third round, Mukanamu, Benjamin Sanjuice, Cameron Bynum. You know, this is the team that could rebound. The quarterback situation is the one we're going to focus on and, 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 and as it should be. But they'll run the football well. I think they can upgrade the interior of the offensive line. You know, they've got good backs, may add a younger guy to the mix, uh, good fullback, um, defense plays pretty well. Got to add a couple of pieces that I mentioned on the on the linebacking core, maybe another corner, but you're still dealing with a pretty good defense that can make some plays with, um, with uh, Nick Bosa and uh, Armstead and Kerr and Kinlaw. Uh, Fred Warner we just talked about. It's a pretty good team. This is You're looking for a team that that to rebound, and I don't know if the quarterback play will be mature enough to, to be a factor, but I think they feel anyway that even what they do around the quarterback will be enough to, to be a contender. You see, they don't think – they don't feel like Garoppolo can process – is quickly, and they think that they might be able to do something different with the young quarterback. We shall see on that. Time will tell. And then we end up the last team in the last division, the Seattle Seahawks, by virtue of the NFC West being the last team that we've gone through. Went through the AFC first and then the NFC, east to west, kind of how I do it. Sometimes I mix it up. And then the Seattle Seahawks. Um you know it's been an interesting offseason there, right? You know there's been a lot of talk, underlying talk about Russell Wilson. Unhappy. Offensive line this, offensive line that. I want to take it in more. 
Um, how that's being handled is a big part of it. Uh, I do think that the um, the tackles played pretty well last year. I still think there's some work to be done overall on that unit. We'll get into that in a little bit. Concerned about their pass rush. Look, this looked like, you know, I talked about for stretches, Arizona looked like they were pretty good. Seattle, to me, looked like the best team in the division uh, in the first half of the year. It looked like they were going to be strong contenders. And, and again, I think the strength of the division and the lack of a great team kind of made everybody either really good and then in the case of the Niners, kind of took them out of it. Um, Talking about draft capital, got to add some picks there. How are you going to get better? They got pick 56, they got pick 130, and pick 252. They have all their picks in round two through seven. They got an additional fourth as part of the Jamal Adams trade. No one next year. <clears throat> so, as they try to make a run and fix it quickly, let's see where they go. Uh, needs, we talked a little bit about guard. Um, traded for Gabe Jackson. Um, could be the answer next to Damian Lewis. We'll get into more of that in a second, how that'll play out. Edge rush, they re-signed Carlos Dunlap. You know Alden Smith's situation, Kerry Hyder. Um but I think a young pass rusher, they've got to they've got to add defensive tackle. Who doesn't need one of those? It's not a strong year. It's another position where they need to get after the quarterback a little bit better. They've got some young quarterbacks, corners, uh, signed Achille uh, Witherspoon. Achille Witherspoon um, need some work there. They re-signed Ethan Pothick, who I think is a solid center, um, particularly in the pass game. They need a better third receiver than David Moore. Um, the signings, Witherspoon, the corner, has been inconsistent, but he played really well in limited action last year. They think he can be really good. He was with the Niners last year. Uh, there's some upside because he's only 26. You know the Alden Smith story, you can't count on him. He hadn't played since 2015, so anything to get out of him, uh, just keeping him out of trouble uh, and, and, and eligible is Probably all you're going to get out of him. Anything he gets a bonus. Uh, Kerry Hyder, again, off the Niners team, 30 years old, three-year deal. He played well when they had all those injuries in San Francisco last year. He graded out very well. He had eight and a half sacks, and he got some really good pressure. He could be the answer at pass rush that I was referring to. Uh, but a younger guy, I think, is needed. Gerald Everett is a very athletic tight end. His numbers hadn't been great, hadn't been real consistent. I think they feel like, with the play of Russell, uh, work in the middle of the field, uh, that Gerald Everett can be a real factor. Gerald was liked him coming out of college when he went to the Rams. Uh, they lost Shaq Griffin to the Jags. Um, Puna Ford, rich, restricted free agent. He's a good run stuffer. Now, he doesn't get much in the pass game. We'll see if he can develop there. He's only 25, but he is a really good run stuffer who I like a lot. Quentin Dunbar's left to go to the Lions. Ethan Posick that I mentioned, he's got upside as well at 26 years old. Chris Carson re-signed at two years, 14 million. It's a solid running back, rotational guy, catches well out of the backfield, but he had that foot injury that slowed him um, quite a bit. Carlos Dunlap um, re-signed with the with him, two years, 16 and a half million. 
Uh, remember, they acquired them prior to Halloween, so you know it was understandable they were going to get a deal done and needed to. Uh, he's a talented player, um, but they cut him. They couldn't afford to pay him. And so I think that the, the decline is coming with this guy, and I think they thought that he could be the answer last year, and he, he, quite, he, what, he wasn't quite what they were looking for. So we'll kind of see where they go, and it's part of what I think they need to replace and upgrade from from last year. But that's they did that, if I can remember, um, right about Halloween last year. So let's take a look at kind of where they might go. And outside corner is something that we've talked about. Um, they ranked eighth, uh, 18th in passing uh, coverage efficiency in the secondary. Um, and, you know, they're looking for cover three zone guys, so big guys that can cover. You know, Tyson Campbell, Asante Samuel, uh, Melofano, remember, we're looking at players at 56 unless – they acquire another pick. That's the first time they're on the clock. Offensive tackle. We just talked about uh, Dwayne Brown. Good player, but 36 years old. Brandon Shell is another fringe starter. I, you know, I think offensive tackle is a big priority for him. James Hudson or Jackson Corman or Dylan Radnus at 56 uh, makes some sense there. Um, you know, I think um, an interior offensive lineman, they might add a Quinn Miners. Lander Dickerson would be the options at 56. Um, I think they like Ethan Polsick, but I don't think they love him. And I think he's going to have to have a really good year to secure that spot. Um, outside receiver is not a primary need. They've got DJ Met- DK Metcalf, uh, of course, Tyler Lockett, but they need a third guy, and a Tywin Wallace, a De'Ami Brown, a Seth Williams type of guy would make some sense for them. Look, it is not a lot of picks. You get three picks, so they're not going to be able to do a lot of damage unless they acquire some picks. So we'll see where um, it uh, what goes there with them. Um, it's a good team, good quarterback, protect them, Get the running game going, but can they get enough out of the pass rush? They're they're going to be aggressive. They're going to be active. They may make a move. So uh, may, they may make a move after the draft as well with a veteran guy. So, folks, that is a wrap in, well, eight different shows. We've broken down the eight divisions. Uh, we've got more depth, in-depth there at each team over at LandryFootball.com on the on-the-clock series in uh, take a look at each and every team. So make sure that you check that out. We think you'll like it, um, as as well as the scouting reports on all the players in this draft. Um, I've got my, you know, these are my notes on on all the players. You got them up on the website. So that's a, it's a it's a lot of guys that uh, from, you know, first round uh, picks to undrafted free agents. We've got them for you, and all the draft boards. We've got it all for you there. Um, also got an early look at the 2022 draft up for you. So we think you're going to gonna love that. If you haven't joined LandryFootball.com yet, we certainly encourage you to do so. Um, got a couple of questions there. Um, thank you, LSU Talk. Uh, I, I'm curious to see there what LSU Talk thinks about uh, with the new women's basketball coach. Everybody's excited in Baton Rouge about the new women's basketball coach because I – um, Kim Mulkey's a 
South Louisiana girl from the Hammond, Louisiana area, coming back home. She played at Louisiana Tech. And the uh, Sandra Hogue, actually Leon Barmore, uh, Sandra Hogue crew at Louisiana Tech when Louisiana Tech was a power in women's basketball. I, awful lot of money for a women's basketball coach, but everybody is excited about uh, them there. So I'm curious to see. Um, I, I don't know. I'm I'm. I still shake my head as as uh, what's that's going on, but LSU talks a is uh, a is a good friend, a good guy that uh, has been very very close to the LSU programs um, and the LSU basketball programs, what have you. So we appreciate that. Uh, we're going to get tomorrow a couple of things to jump out at you. Uh, you know, LSU talk says she's going to put butts in the seats. Going to need to. Going to need to pay that salary for that women's basketball coach. That's the real key there. Uh, so a couple of things want to get to you. Um, we're uh, we're going to be uh, Scott Seidenberg and I are Scott Seiden, Seidenberg and I are going to join you here at the top of the hour. So I'll get off here in a minute or two, and then we'll be right back with Scott, and we'll hit the draft a little bit more. We'll take your questions. So. Join us there. Uh, you can catch us on uh, – if you're not catching us on Twitch, uh, you, that's the best way to catch us. Cheer us on a few bits, and uh, we'll we'll join you there. Um, tomorrow, a little bit potluck on. I saved the day on purpose to have a couple of shows tomorrow. It's the draft eve tomorrow. Thursday, we're kind of – Hit it running a half an hour before the draft, and we're going to take you through the weekend with the draft. Um, so tomorrow's kind of the last preview-ish show. So it's fair game. Bring your questions. Bring your thoughts. Uh, bring topic ideas. I'm, I'm going a number of different directions. Look, I'm, I'm, I'm doing this, you know, for your enjoyment. So any ideas that you would like, <clears throat> certainly want to want to do that. I'll probably go through some scouting notes on a lot of the players you're familiar with, maybe some that you're not, maybe give you some comps for a little bit of the style of how the players kind of look and maybe give you some references to, to play off of. So we're going to get into that tomorrow. So, uh, tomorrow, again, we'll come back with Scott here in a couple of minutes. Tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. and tomorrow afternoon at 4 p.m., uh, we'll give you two double doses of Scout's Eye on football, and we're going to break down more about the draft and discuss the latest, anything that's going on. There'll be more and more rumors, and I guess we'll cut through that BS for you. But there's a lot of stuff, a lot of activity going on behind the scenes. Uh the biggest thing is the frustration level and the concern about the medicals with this being um, the least prepared medically than these teams have been. Uh, certainly since the combine era when we put the combine together in, in the 80s and as it's uh, currently constructed. But with the information trickling in, it's it's a, it's a little bit of a concern. So... I'm going to forewarn you that there will be some players that won't go as high as you expect. And it probably have a lot to do with medicals. Not that there's anything wrong, but there's some concern and maybe the lack of information, the lack of certainty may scare some people off 
from one spot and may go with what we call a little bit of a cleaner guy and then kind of maybe make a decision, you know, just pass over a guy and then maybe come back to him a little bit later. So something to keep in mind, and we'll take you through that as best we can. Hope you've enjoyed it. We've gotten you through all 32 teams. You've got the breakdowns. You know what the needs are and what they've done, what they haven't done, the path that they need to go in terms of how to improve their team, some candidates that might fit, uh, depending on who might be there. But, you know, that's what's going to be fun about draft day and pulling this out, you know, as it goes. He who's there, see what's going on, try to find out the information. So it's going to be a blast. I really appreciate you joining us in the chat room, all of you guys. Um, Kev Belarga, appreciate your thanks for um, – and Wichet King as well for your, your support of the show. LSU Talk, Wichet King, Spartan Barton, the new dad. He's probably – He's probably already taken a nap, my God. Congratulations if you're just joining us. Spartan Barton, I mean, 3.55 today. I think that's Eastern time. I think he's on Eastern time. I'm not quite sure where Spartan Martin is. He had a new baby boy, so congratulations to him. Fantasy Football 101, the guy you got to thank for um, for the show. Um, we've got, uh, is it SL Hotman? Man, new guy. Thank you for joining us. Appreciate you coming on with us. All right, look, we're going to step aside for a second, join you at the top of the hour. That's just a couple of minutes away with the great Scott Seidenberg as we'll be breaking down the draft even further. Scott may even join us on draft day. I don't know. He may just drop in with a beer and a pizza and just just join us for a little bit, say hello, uh, maybe save my breath for uh, my voice for a couple of minutes. All right, appreciate it. Thanks again. We will talk to you at the top of the hour again with Scott. We will talk to you tomorrow at 9 a.m., 4 p.m. on two um, editions of Scout's Eye on College and Pro Football. More breaking down than the draft. More breaking down of the draft. Spread the word about Draft Weekend with us right here. Twitch.tv slash Chris Landry Football. Talk to you in a minute, folks. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.